everyone. Welcome to Together Church's online experience. I'm thrilled that you're here today, and I would like to connect with you. So wherever you're watching this, wherever you're listening to this, wherever you're enjoying this, uh, why don't you send us a message? Let us know where you're watching from. Let us know how we can pray for you. Let us know how we can celebrate with you. And let us know how we can better connect with you. Well, today is the Sunday before Christmas, the last sermon of the year. And it's a special one. It's about Christmas. What else would it be about, right? Listen, there's a silence. There's a silence with God to his people. There are 400 years of silence. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, God is silent. There's a darkness. There's no prophets. There's no one to speak the word of the Lord. There's Sadducees, there's Pharisees, there's a council of Jewish, Jewish leaders, but God isn't speaking to his people. There's nothing but silence. But in this, I believe that you can hear the earth groaning in anticipation of a Savior. And one ordinary night in Bethlehem, you hear God finally speak, but it's not words. It's a cry. First time God speaks to his people in 400 years is a cry of a baby. The first time we hear God speak, he cuts through that silence in a cry of a baby. 400 years of war and upheaval, villains, no heroes, unfulfilled hopes in God's people, and God sets the stage for the final era of salvation. An air of good news for the Jews and the Gentiles. And it starts in Matthew with this long list of individuals. Deceivers, prostitutes, murderers, evil kings. And then through all this we see the birth of a Savior. Abraham, Isaac. Jacob the deceiver, Judah, Rahab the harlot, Boaz, Ruth, David the murderer, the king, Solomon, Rehoboam, Asa. Listen, the list goes on and on. And, and if it was up to you and me, that family would be the last family we would expect a savior to come from. But God had a plan. Now we see all this, and we see the bigness of it, and we see the kind of the totality of it. But then you have Mary and Joseph, and we're talking about silence, and we're talking about darkness, and let's see what how it happened for Mary and Joseph. How many of you are planners, right? Like real planners, like you had Christmas shopping done. In July, right? And some of us are the exact opposite. We're like, we know 
And we hope that on Christmas Eve, we can still find somewhere where we can get a gift for everyone in our family. And hopefully there's wrapping paper left to do it, right? And me, I like to have a plan. I like to have a plan and I like to stick to it. I don't want anything to change. Listen, my routine is the same every day. I wake up and I yell at kids. I'm kidding. Right? How many of you, I'm the one who takes the kids to school every day, so I'm I'm joking. But we have our routines. We want it to be the same. We want to wake up. We want to make our egg whites. We want to get the kids ready for school. We want to get them to school. We want to go to our coffee shop. We want to go to work. We want all these things to happen. And when it doesn't all happen, everything is a wire, right? When we get the egg whites cooked, right? They're ready to go. Then all of a sudden we go out and our kids, it's time to go out the door. They don't have their shoes on, right? They haven't brushed their teeth. They haven't done anything, and our our whole plan is thrown off, and it drives us bonkers. And I don't like my plans to change, and I especially don't like them to change last minute. And sometimes our plans change for much bigger reasons. And it's hardly the way we want them to happen, right? That we lose a job get a medical issue that we didn't expect we have an empty chair around the table at christmas that that we wish we just wish wasn't empty and when we're talking about christmas what a change for mary and joseph a very unexpected change and i know that We read the story, and we're about to read in Luke chapter 1. We read the stories, and we look at it, and we go, wow, the great faith these two had. And we we see the mangers, and they're all cuddling Jesus and, and all these things, but we don't really take a deep look into this, right? So let's look at... Let's look at uh, Mary's perspective, and let's look at Joseph's perspective. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Probably should have led with that one. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of the father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Wow. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born will be called holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. 
for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am your servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, the Bible gave us the, the main points here, right? But but let us play a little game. Let's 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 read between the lines. Let's like dig down and see what was really happening, right? Because Mary and Joseph were very regular people, right? Mary was this sweet and intelligent. She was very faithful to her church. Joey was a leader at the church. He was focused. He was funny. He was passionate, right? He had a job. He wasn't just one of those guys who had everything, but he paid. He played more attention to his video games than he did to the people around him. Listen, they went to the Nazarene coffee house. They really fell for each other. Mary smiled, that smile that Joseph loved. Joseph would flex his muscles a little bit, right? And they knew it was love. Mary and Joseph, they went for a walk and they get to the top of this beautiful bridge and Mary smiles and Joey gives her that wink and he gets down on one knee and the photographer, right, is, is behind the bushes there to get that perfect Instagram capture so they could show everyone on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and everything else. Mary cries and she looks at him and she says, yes, this is what I want for the rest of my life. And they were deeply in love. So they start planning the marriage, right? They start planning the wedding. And of course, the mother-in-law, she took over. She was running the show. But they were in love and they didn't, they didn't care about the wedding. They just wanted to be married. They talked about their future. Joseph had a dream of opening up his own, own, uh, own store, right? I don't know what they would have sold back then. Some, some new tool that would make carpentry so much easier. They wanted two kids. They wanted a girl. They wanted a boy. They wanted to live their lives happily ever after with a wonderful family living the dream they've always wanted. But in the middle of all the planning, an angel appeared to Mary and said she was going to be pregnant. Mary was confused. Mary was scared, but Mary said, let it be according to your word. So although she was afraid and timid and scared at this, she was also excited and she couldn't wait to go home and to tell Joseph. She knew that he would be excited. So imagine this, ladies. You just had this moment with an angel where he says that you're going to bear the child of the hope of the world. And you've accepted this, so you run home to tell your fiancé that you're pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Think about this. You're in love. He loves you. Everything you do is cute and wonderful. You're going home to tell him that you're pregnant 
by the Holy Spirit. Was Joseph excited? He said, what? Who did this to you? The Holy Spirit? Let me at him. What do you mean you're pregnant? I'm going to kill him, right? He acted like most of us would expect him to. He's devastated. He's embarrassed. He already put down a non-refundable deposit on the farmhouse. You know what I mean? Like it was the perfect wedding venue and there's no refund. The invitations are in the mail. And now he's got to go tell his parents. He's got to tell his friends. And Joseph, he had the grounds for divorce. He still loved her. And he couldn't live with the fact that now she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So he wants to divorce her in private. Mary was devastated. She was only doing what God called her to do. And now her future with the love of her life is over. Now... She's a single mother in a culture where women didn't even work. And now she's got to raise her child all because God had a purpose for her. Her name's going to be slandered all over the rumor mill of the church. Listen, you got to be careful who you gossip about because you never know what purpose God is working in them. And it may be the exact purpose that will save you. All right, moving on. She feels like she's being punished for doing what God has called her to do. And this isn't what she had planned. And some of you can relate to this. All you want to do is have a good Christmas, provide wonderful gifts for all your children and friends, and then your car breaks down. You took a, a new job that's going to better everything in your life and the company downsizes and you don't have a job at the holidays. You're job hunting. You promised each other your, your faithfulness. But one of you didn't take it serious. You raised your kids the best way that you could and now they're rebelling in a massive, horrible, horrible way. You didn't ask for the migraines. You didn't ask about the depression. You didn't ask to get to, to get sick. You didn't plan on that. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I planned. But what did Mary do in this moment? What did she do when the angel showed up to her? One, she asked questions. She says, how is this going to work out? And that's okay to ask questions to God. When you're going through these moments and you know you're doing what God has called you to do, you know you're at the place God has called you to be in, you can ask questions. Say, God, why? Can you show me the path? Can you tell me why this is happening? What did Mary do next? She humbled herself and obeyed. She said, God, I don't know how this is going to work in my life, but I trust you. And I'll do what you call it at your word. Let it be, God. And she did it. 
And listen, I want you to understand this. You don't have to understand the plan to trust God has a purpose. Can I say that again? You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. I want you to read this. I want you to hear this in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So Mary humbled herself. She obeyed. She accepted the plan. She said, God, this may not be what I, I would want for my life. This may not be what I would have had planned, but God, I accept it. See, and this is the hard thing. Knowing God has a plan is one thing, but accepting the plan and saying, God, at your word, I will do it. That's a whole new thing. That God, I may not be in the place that I, I want to be, but I accept that this is your plan and I'm going to be faithful what you called me to do. And number three, Mary worshipped. Mm, come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit, the, the angel just came to her and said, you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. You're going to do something that no one has ever done and something no one else will ever do. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. And the angel said, don't be afraid of what I'm calling you to do. And she worshipped. Let's look at that. Luke chapter 1 verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. And behold, from now on all the generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. For he has so, shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped the servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary went through the process. She went through the emotions. She went through the doubt and all in this moment. But then she fully accepted God's plan for her and she worshiped. She worshiped. So listen, what is the plan that God has for your life? Trust he has a purpose. You may not understand his plan. He, you may not understand what he's doing, why he's doing, how he's doing. But I want you to trust there is a purpose. And as Paul Harvey says, for everyone you know, over the age of 35, the ripe old ages, right? Paul Harvey, now the rest of the story. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for what for which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph was in this moment, and he was devastated that Mary just came to him with all this news. He was troubled at what has happened, but God. Now, the interesting thing to think about in this moment is that many theologians uh, believe that it was three months. Three months from the time he found out Mary was pregnant of the Holy Spirit to when the angel told him. You know, I'm a simple man. But why didn't the angel just tell him both at the same time? Three months. Now, do y'all know what's fit to happen? Women, y'all know what's about to happen. Joseph, three months later, three months of thinking his wife is a cheater, <laughs> three months of him doubting that she's pregnant from the Holy Spirit, three months of talking to divorce lawyers, three months of telling his friends what's happening. And Joseph has to work up the courage to go to his wife and to say it. Men, you may want to cover your ears in this moment. He had to say those three little words that no one wants to say. No man wants to tell his wife the three words. He had to go to Mary, look her dead in the gateways of her soul, and say, listen guys, I'm struggling, to say those three words. You're right. He had to go look at his wife after three months and say, you were right. Then he had to say, I'm sorry. Listen, Joseph better be happy that Mary wasn't from right here in lower Alabama. You know, straight up L.A. area. Because it... <laughs> oh, listen, it took an act of God. You know what I mean? So, so she looks at him and goes, Oh, Joseph, it had to take an act of God for you to believe what I said. It took an angel of the Lord to visit you in your sleep so that you believe what I'm saying. You running off signing divorce papers, 
You're running around telling everyone my business. You're over there telling people I'm crazy and that's what it took. It took a moment. It took the Lord. It took an angel for you to believe me in this moment. Come on, Mary was sweet. I'm sure that's not how she acted, but if she was from Pace, Florida, better believe that's how she would have acted. Y'all know. Y'all know. Listen, and God was going, uh, God was right there in the middle of their mess. He's doing something in the middle of your mess right now. You may feel alone. You may feel like God ain't listening to you, but I can guarantee you right now in the middle of that mess you're in, God is with you. God is in you. God is leading you. That while you are praying, God is working. Listen, the plan is to trust him. And there's a purpose in your pain. God told us, uh, tells us that his way is higher than our ways. Our thoughts, that his thoughts, his purposes are different than our plans. I want you to hear this. I want you to write this down. Sometimes God's greatest invitations feel like our worst interruptions. But God often interrupts our plans with his purpose. Y'all know I'm going to say it again. Sometimes God's greatest invitations feel like our worst interruptions. God often interrupts our plans with his purpose. And I can think back in my life and in my ministry, and I remember the things that I had planned. I remember that the the number one thing I've always wanted to do when I came out of high school is I wanted to be a youth pastor. I knew that I wanted to do some type of ministry school. I wanted to make people proud. I wanted to see young people's lives change. I wanted to be an impact. I wanted to be a good preacher. Still working on that one. <laughs> I want to tell you, I, I found a, my church that I was going to had a wonderful internship. It was the first time they ever did something like this. And we, we had this internship, and, and, and I was on the right path and um, doing everything God called me to do. And then I did some stuff God didn't call me to do, and I got kicked out of this internship. Uh, there was, at this time, there was like four groups of people who were in it, um, different levels. And of all those people, only one of us, only one, got kicked out, right? I was hurt. I was embarrassed. I was devastated. I didn't know what to do. But I stayed on course. I said, God, I messed up. This isn't the plan that I had. But God had a purpose. And I, I, I joke with some of the other ones that were in that internship with me because the denomination the that we're at, there's three levels. And um, 15 years later, 10 years, you know, 14, 15 years later, we were all kind of on the same level there. And, and I progressed and progressed and 
And it, I was joking with, with a lot of them. I said, hey, listen, I was the only one kicked out, but I'm the only one that's made it this far. And it's really a testament of God's faithfulness, that he that we have plans, but God has purpose. And I know that really isn't a big deal for most people, what I had to go through, but there's times in your life that you had plans, and God interrupts it with his purpose. And it seems difficult, it seems confusing, but when you go through this, when you walk in God's purpose, you'll find a freedom that you would have never had in your plans. God often interrupts our plans with his purpose. God often interrupts our plans with his purpose. So now it's time to give birth and, and they're carrying this blessed child. I mean, you know, you would think you have a connection with the baby daddy. And you would think with his power, there wouldn't be any pain in childbirth. You know, like you would think there would be some type of perk to this whole thing, right? But... Not everything's going smooth. Not everything is a wonderful, you know, angels aren't taking care of them and doing all this stuff. Like, no. They're on the run. On a donkey. You know what I mean? That ain't a smooth ride. He could have sent something a little bit better than a donkey. And Joseph is moving as fast as they can go. He's running stop signs. He's running through stoplights. He's in a hurry. Listen, he forgot to make a reservation at the Bethlehem Inn. Like he was just in a hurry to get there. And now they're going to go stay in a stable. They park the donkey right next to the place they're about to have their baby. They're running from their they're, they're running for their lives in this moment. Nothing's going right. And this is not what they had planned. And listen, this isn't what the Jewish people had planned for a savior either. And this is why they rejected Jesus. They saw the same line of people that we saw he came from. They said, ain't no way this is the Savior. And they rejected him. They, were, they, they, wanted to, they eventually killed him for this. This wasn't their plan. Listen, don't worry so much about your plan that you reject what God has purposed in your life. And I want to say it again. Don't worry so much about your plans that you reject what God has purposed in your life. All right, let's fast forward. Mary is looking at her son. He's dying on a cross. This isn't what she planned for. She said, God, you said that I was going to carry the hope of the world. God with us. And now he's hanging on a cross. She's watching her son hang on a cross, forgiving the people who've done this. And he's praying for them. You don't have to understand the plan 
to trust God's purpose. You don't have to understand the plan when you trust God's purpose. Wow, what a what a story for Christmas that that really not no one could plan, right? A God become a man, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born in swaddling clothes, the same clothes that was used to prepare the people for burial. That's what he was swaddled in. The foreshadowing that the Son of God was born to die. Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. What was the purpose, you may be thinking? The purpose was you. The purpose was you. Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. People say Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season, but if we ask God, what is the reason for the season? In his heart, he would say, it's you. You are the reason for the season. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe, right? The reason of the season, the reason Jesus was born of this earth was for you. Some of you, this is hitting home and your plans have changed. This Christmas isn't what you expected. It isn't what you were excited for. But God is faithful. And I want you to trust His purpose. I want you to understand you have to believe that God has a purpose for you. And only you know what that purpose is. And maybe you're watching today and your plans have blown up. There's no hope in your old plans. <laughs> Believe that God has a purpose by believing in Him. Some of you may ask, what do I need to be to be right with God? Some of you may say, I need to be good. But you don't have to be good. Jesus was good. Some of you say, well, I need to be righteous. And no, no, no. Jesus was righteousness for you. Many are the plans of a man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. This Christmas could be a very different Christmas for you. You may have said, you know what, it's Christmas time. I need to find a church. And you've clicked onto this video, you've clicked onto this podcast, and you don't know why. But you knew inside of you there was a hunger for something more. That this, this Christmas needed to be different. All your plans have been changed. Everything that you've gone through in life hasn't gone the way that you hoped they would. And today is the day that you dis discover that God has a purpose for your life. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be righteous. You don't have to have all the right answers. What you do need to do is have trust in Jesus, that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. 
that you may be sitting at a dinner table this Christmas that's a little bit more empty. You see that empty chair. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's a lost loved one. And it's not what you had planned. God has a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. It's not to live in brokenness, but to live in love, to live in hope. And this Christmas, God wants you to realize the purpose that he has for your life. God, right now, Lord, there are people watching, listening. They're brokenhearted. They're discouraged. They're hurting. Right now in their heart, God, through their tears, through their pain, they're feeling something in their heart. And that's you, Jesus. Let your healing flow in them. Let your love be felt all around them, Jesus. That they can let go of their plans and trust your purpose. That the things that you're doing in their life right now, God, it may feel like inconvenience, but it's a wonderful invitation. And I pray that right now, God, if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, they, they just ask you to come and to guide them, to come and to change their heart, to live in them and to live through them, and to accept the purpose that you have for their life, Jesus. You want to do that. We give the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen. Merry Christmas. This Christmas is going to be wonderful. 2023 is going to be a wonderful year for you. You may believe that it's just another day on the calendar when we go from 2022 to 2023, but God has something wonderful in store for you. And the purpose that he has for you is going to be revealed. And your plans may have been all messed up, but God has a purpose. And they will last. And they will guide you. Hey, listen, uh, thank you for being a part of our online experience today. I want to encourage you to go to mytogetherchurch.com. And if you want to support what we are doing here at Together Church, I want you to go to that Give portal and give to support what God is doing through His church. Not just here in Pace, but wherever you're watching from. And we want to know where you're watching from because we want to better connect with you. Listen, we want to say a very special Merry Christmas to you because we believe that Christmas is better together. Be blessed.